Father, we come before you, you alone. You are worthy. And Father, uh, as we look at this text, uh, may it be alive. May we understand it. May we embrace this in a way that uh, we are overwhelmed. Father, what we've seen we know is not natural. Natural man has no ability to do any of this. And yet, Father, you have called us to it. And Father, I pray that we who are known by your name, we who are known as your people, will bow before this. Father, these are trying times, difficult times. You told us it would be that way. And yet, Father, you have poured your love into our heart by the person of your spirit. Father, that you have given us your spirit that he may be fruitful in our lives. And knowing that from his love, there will be peace and joy and gentleness. Father, things that we can't even understand. Father, help us. I beg you this day to take this not as an intellectual ascension, but Father, as a command and a promise. Father, help us. In Christ's name, amen. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag, is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into an account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. This church in Corinth loved themselves. Uh, I just finished up a book a few, well, it's been a few months ago, I guess, uh, called The Corinthian Catastrophe. And that was the essence of it. That love of self destroyed what God was doing. And you can go see the ruins of the city today. And and yet I look uh, in the church... And I see the same thing. Um, It's not promoted. I mean, people don't come. We are the first church of love yourselves. Uh, We we don't do that. And we will always say uh, that, you know, it's about God. It's about this. But what you see in people's actions says different things. Many in the church today love themselves rather than God and others. I heard a statement made one time this way. The church has been plagued by the fact that we love things and use people. And what we need to do is use, peop- use things and love people. Um, and this text exposes it. I don't care how you slice it. There's nobody in this room, I guarantee, that through these 15 uh, facets of love has not had some conviction. Uh, and if you, have, then, if you haven't, then praise God. But I know that it is... Beat me like a red-headed stepchild. It says love is patient. And that means that it suffers long. It doesn't... When it is hurt, and it is hurt, and it is hurt, and it is hurt, and it is hurt, it doesn't matter. It continues on. It says that love is kind. That means that not only when an individual is hurting this person, that person who is being hurt is useful. I will do things to be useful to you. 
It is not jealous, both an inward or an outward jealousy. I am not wishing, why do they have it? Nor do I wish that, boy, I wish that I could keep them from having it. There is no envy. There is no jealousy in love. Love only wants the best for everybody, even at its own expense. Love does not brag. It's, it's not puffed up. It, isn't, it doesn't come out and, and toot its own horn. It doesn't say, guess what I'm doing for Jesus? Or guess what Jesus has done through me? It is not arrogant. That is the seed of it. That's where it comes from. And in your heart, that I have something that God needed, therefore He saved me and now I'm off. And I can be used for Him. It does not act unbecomingly. When a person is bothered by certain things that you do, your love that has been poured in your heart by the person of the Holy Spirit says that is more important than me doing what I want to do. Does not keep books. Love doesn't keep books. Does not keep an account of a wrong suffered. It doesn't look at how many times this person has hurt me. How many times has this person said this? How many times has this person... How many times do I forgive? How often do I hold it against them? It does not rejoice in righteousness. And literally, it's speaking of... I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to speak of that. Okay, it's unrighteousness. Okay, but I don't need to talk about it. I don't need to share it. I don't need to gossip about it. I don't need to listen. Did you know what such and such done? Love doesn't do that. And then it says that it rejoices in truth. What it does is in the teaching of truth and the living of truth. It rejoices in it. It rejoices in it. Then we come into verse 7 and he says that it bears all things. It believes all things and holds all things. The word bears there in the original language literally means it covers it. It just covers it over. Just covers it over. Now listen, we've got to keep this in, in its context because this is important. Verses 1 through 3 says, let me tell you something. This is so important, Corinthians. This is so important, Christian. That if you have spiritual gifts and you're operating them outside of love, you're just noisy. You have no purpose. You have no purpose. He says that even if you have all knowledge and even if you have prophecy and you have faith as to move mountains, you're zero if you're doing it without love. So he's saying, I want you to understand how important this is. He says you can take and sell everything you've got to feed the poor. Delegate it individually. This person's going to get this. this I mean, involved in it. You can even lay your life down for the Lord as a martyr. And if you don't have love, it is of no benefit, no profit to you whatsoever. And so when he comes into verse 7, he says it bears all things. He says, listen, love covers it. Love covers it. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 8 says, it covers a multitude of sin. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 12 says, hatred stirs up strife. But love covers all sins. When I see strife, you know what I'm seeing? No love. When I see division, I see no love. This church, the first six chapters deal with what? Schisms and divisions in the church. Listen, if you've been in a church long, very long at all, what do you see in the church? 
But you know what? I, I left one out there because I wanted you to pay attention to it because it does not seek its own. If I'm seeking my own, I won't cover yours. I won't cover your mistake. I won't cover your shortcoming. I won't cover your verbal faux pas. I won't cover that attitude thing that you just showed. Why? Because I'm not seeking my own. But see, love says I will expend myself out of existence for your sake. doesn't seek its own. See, now listen, love will warn. Love will warn. Love will exhort. Love will rebuke. And love will discipline. But it will not expose it. Will not expose it. I know that in my ministry in the past, I've actually gone to people's houses and removed people from sinful situations. And I wouldn't tell you who they are. I went to their house. Hi. Why? And I'm not going to tell you who that is. Why? I've gone and got a guy's wife out of a bar. Why? I don't need to tell you who it was. You know what? I didn't have to get on the phone and say, you need to pray. I'm getting ready to go into the bar and get such and such. I don't have to tell you that. Why? God says, here, deal with it. Cover it. Keep quiet about it. Okay? I see people who want to point out everybody's shortcoming. Uh, We who are spiritual see anybody in any trespass. You're in a trespass, dude. Okay? Bear the burden. Okay? And I've I've told people that. And you, you know where I stand on that one. Don't ever let me catch you pointing out a trespass and not willing to walk with them. Okay? You... I... Nope. Don't let me catch you. Because I'm about to be a burden. Okay? And you think that squirrel's got it tough. <laughs> Love covers it. it. It covers these things. Why? Because, see, it believes these things. It puts faith into it. I look at this fellowship and I just am tickled to death with you guys. Do you discourage me? Sure. Do you let me down? Absolutely. Have you hurt me? Uh Uh-huh. And I still took it to death with you guys. Why? Because I know what we do. And sometimes we fall down. But you know what? I've watched it. We pick each other up. Get up. Get up. Come on. It's all right. Well, but I... No, no, no. You don't understand. Come on. We're going to walk through it. We'll get through this. All right. It's just a little boo-boo. All right. Now, some don't. And those are the ones that I'm, I've already given you the warning. Don't make me be a burden. Okay? But we walk. I walk. We walk together. I'm not the leader. And come on. You know, Pied Piper and you guys all. No. We're together. We work together. Because we believe. We believe. What, what do we believe? All things. Okay? But we also hope. We hope. Why? Because see... We, every once in a while, we start saying, how in the world is God going to save that person? Or how in the world is that person going to be ever be used by God? And all you have to really do is go look in the mirror. And you say, 
<laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Okay? You know, I, I remember my grandma prayed for years and years and years to be a Baptist preacher in our family. And my aunt looked at me and she said, she'd have never dreamed it would be you. <laughs> and I said, that's right, me either. <laughs> Why? Because it hopes. It hopes. Listen, when love has bore this, covered it over, kept silent about it, helped the person. When it has believed, it has, I trust God is still God and I'm hoping there. And it's still disappointed. You know what? Love still hangs in there. See, love can't be stopped. Did you know that? Because you can't even kill love. It's impossible. Because it says right there that it endures all things. You know what's the scary thing about that term right there? That's a military term. Okay, if you think it's the hoopominnow and all that, where it's patience, that ain't the term that is used there. It is a military term, and it means to be positioned in the middle of a battle, of a violent situation. Now read it. Love will be in the position of battle in a violent situation. And we'll press on. See, I've watched us at times. And I, and I, and I do this at times. And I, I just was fighting with this just this week. Love can handle the little, uh, the minor annoyances. You know, I, I see people, have, have you ever gotten anxious about something and kind of been in a hurry about something? Okay, if you, you know, get into the express line at the grocery store, you, you just got a bottle of water or maybe a little sandwich, and there's some person in front of you with like 92 items in their basket that's only supposed to be 20. Okay, and how do you know it's 92? Because you sit there and 1, 2, 4, 6, 7, 8, 12, I can't believe it. Right? I look at people when they do that, and I said, you know what? Hurrying is overrated. Every time I've ever hurried, I've always made a mess for myself. Every time. Every time. And see, love takes over those little annoyances. Okay? But guess what? What he's saying here is love stands against incredible opposition and still loves. Overwhelming forces and still loves. You can't sway it. You can't move it. Listen, you've got it in your book. Stephen, being stoned, had already thrown a mantle over the sin. That's why he was preaching the gospel. Why was I sharing truth? He believed. I will preach. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God to salvation. He believed and he hoped. That somebody would hear the words and would believe and be saved. So he preached with the belief that even if one set of ears heard it, it's worth it. He hoped that they would come to Christ. And when his faith had run out and he'd run out of hope, 
He still had endurance. He was right in the middle of the battle against tremendous oppositions. And as they crushed him and as they killed him, he endured. Because love didn't blame them. Father, do not hold this charge against them. Jesus on the cross, covering sin, believing and knowing that out there were those who were going to believe, hoping they would come, enduring to the end. And he could look and say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. See, love never dies. You can't kill it. Verse 8 says, it never fails. You can never stop love. We endure. Because love bears the hurt. Love bears the wounds. Love bears the sins. Love bears the disappointments, the discouragement. And it covers them with a blanket of silence. Because love has that sympathy. Love has that redemption to it. That bears the pain. I will draw you anyway. After it's born all this. After it's believed. And it goes on believing. In the best about that person. I struggled with it. I struggled with this week. I got that phone call. And. um, I got a phone call from a person. Who's put a court order injunction against me. That I'm not to be in contact with them. And they called me. Am I going to jail for this? <laughs> I didn't call you. I'm not supposed to talk to you. And I, I get a letter from your lawyer. Uh, I'm going to be your burden. <laughs> and yet I found myself saying, but love hopes, love believes. See, love's not cynical. And let me tell you something. The line of work that I'm in right now, it is easy to be cynical. I mean, it, I, I don't even, I can't even begin to tell you how easy it is. It, it is so easy, it's easier than rolling over in bed. And that's easy. And love, in spite of the way it's been wounded, in spite of the way that love has been betrayed, love hopes. Because you know what? God is still God. Guess what? He still rules and he can still do anything he wants to do anytime he wants to do it. And even when our hope grows thin, I, don't, I know you guys haven't, but there's times when I, I, I could see right through my hope it was that thin. When all hope seems lost, even in the middle of the violent battle of a great opposition, it endures. It endures. Linsky's put it this way. Too many times we forget peace is still on the throne. That's true. Love is never overwhelmed. 
Even when you... That's 93 items in that thing. You know, and then they look at you. You got your bottle. Do you need help out? Do I look that bad? <laughs> I don't feel that bad. <laughs> Love cares too much to give up. And you know what I've learned? Love will die caring. That's what you see in Stephen. As they were crushing the life out of him. Do not hold this against him. And you know what the tragedy of the Corinthians were? There wasn't any love. There wasn't any love. And it was not the way that God wants it. God wants us to be characterized by love. God wants uh, the church to be a community of love. God wants to see this love in operation. Okay? All right. 15 things we've looked at. It's pretty obvious that with just in these seven verses, love is important. Okay? Love brings spiritual wholeness. Love brings physical wholeness. I've seen a survey today that said that people who are married and they have a good relationship with their spouse, they live longer. Duh. We had to do a study to figure that out? What? I don't get it. Okay? You know, are we that? Yeah, never mind. We are that dumb. Okay? But, you know, I, my problem is I, I can't think about doing that dumb of research to get the money for it. <laughs> I mean, somebody paid you to do that? All right. Okay. I see what it is now. We've looked at 15 facets. You've got to have all 15. I see what it does. I see how it behaves. All right. How do I get that going in my life? How can I begin to see these 15 things in my life? Okay. My first response is going to be simple. Do you want to see that? I mean, I, I guess, you know, I, you can preach this and people, oh, that's great. I'm out of here. See, you. you know, Jesus loves me. This I know. Okay. All right. I got five things I'll give you. All right. Five things. All right. And this could be a little tough because anyway, you'll see why. First, if you want to see this, or maybe you have it. And then I'm just going to say press on because you're doing it right. Okay. If you don't have this, then first acknowledge it's a command. Okay. He's not saying, you know, well, I give any of you guys love each other. <laughs> can't, can't you just get along? Uh, no. Um, no. It's a command. We need to understand that. Do you understand that it's a command? For, or see, Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. Understand that it's a command. It's by God. It's absolute. Okay? Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. You can read it yourself. He tells you to do this. Okay? Second thing. Acknowledge that you have the power... Already. That's Romans 5. 5. The love of God has been poured into your heart by the person of the Spirit. 
Okay. Now listen, if you don't have the power, then guess what? You don't have the spirit. If you don't have the spirit, then the least of your problems is whether you love or not. You just ain't saved. All right? So you have the, the, the power. I like this because when God commands something, he gives you a command that he's given the possibility to complete, complete the command. He doesn't say, I'm going to put this out here and you can't do it. <clears throat> Why? I poured my love into your heart by the person of the Spirit. So it is a possible command to do. All right? So you got those two. First, understand it is a command. Do you understand that? Some of you have been in the military. Okay? Understand this. When they tell you to go dig a ditch four foot deep by four foot wide, okay? In the military, you don't say, why? You just go get your shovel and dig it. And then they say, fill it back up. All right. And you fill it back up. (coughs) Why? Because it's a command. Okay? We struggle with that. If you haven't been in the military, you don't understand that. Because the military says, do it. Why? You don't ever ask why. You just do it. Why? He said, do it. All right. Then if I've been given the command, then I understand that I already have the power to do this. God has commanded it. First John chapter four, verses seven through 10. Then you need to acknowledge that that is the norm for a Christian. We will be known by our love for one another. Look how they love one another. Okay? And in that love is these 15 things that we've gone through over these last 15 weeks. It's the basis for our activity. It's basis. Absolute basis. Got it? It's command. I have the power. It's the norm. Fourth, acknowledge that it's the Spirit's work. You're not going to do a 40-week study. Okay, You're not going to do X number of days in church and accomplish this. It's not a method. It's not a style. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 says, Fruit of the Spirit is love. If there's no love, then the Spirit is either absent or oppressed. Okay? So I acknowledge it's a spirit's work. It's not a method. It's not, you know, if I can just hang out. You know, maybe maybe just get the guys together and we'll, we'll, we'll rent one of them boxing things or something. Or maybe we'll do a, a barbecue. That ain't it. it ain't going to happen. That's a method. That's a style. Oh, maybe we have a hunting trip or a fishing trip or a bowling trip or maybe if we have a Christian softball league or baseball or volleyball or, I don't know, kazoo playing. I don't know. No, ain't none of that's going to work. Ain't none of it's going to work. Why? It's the work of the Spirit. It's supernatural is what I'm trying to get at. And we toss that around a lot, but it's supernatural. I mean, it it is defies our nature. Okay. So you've got the four. It's command. It's power's already there. <clears throat> it's the norm. It's the work of the Spirit. Okay? Get on your knees. Your own prayer. Now, this is where it gets critical. 
It ain't going to be the prayer for your husband or your wife or your kids. This has got to be you. And let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what the response is to you doing it. It is you. It is your relationship between you and your creator. Get on your knees and say, I beg you, make me committed to love. Two, God, I am able to love as you love me. God, I know that this is normal. And God, I know I have the energy of your spirit in me to do this. Okay, now if you're willing to go into that place, then I'll give you the fifth one. Okay, are you ready? I tell you to all sit down, but you already are. Practice it. What? Practice it. You got to practice it. Why? It's not your nature. It's not normal for you to do this. So you're going to have to practice. When you learned to ride a bicycle, did you just get on it and ride? I did. Right into the ground. It can't be that hard. I see everybody doing it. But you had to practice. I remember the first time I ever skied. Okay? I've never been on skis before in my life. Water skis. I mean, I've been on water skis. How hard can snow skiing be? A lot harder. <laughs> Let me tell you. For one thing, you're not in a bathing suit. <laughs> and then from there, it just goes downhill. Okay? I showed up in a bathing suit and I said, what are you going to do? Snow ski? Ain't it just like water ski? No, just kidding. All right? But I remember getting on the, on the bunny hill. You know what the bunny hill is? The little bitty thing. And these little kids, this tall. All over the place. You're sitting there going, what? And falling and upward and balling and falling and twisting your legs and your skis turn this way and that way. And you can't get up and you fall over. And I kept thinking, and then these little kids. Why you like little bullets? I said, I'm going up the mountain. Why? I'm not going to be this humiliated. (laughs) I get up the mountain. There's not this many people watching me die as I come down. Okay. And by lunchtime, I was sitting crippled. No, no. By lunchtime, I kind of had it figured out and could kind of get around and managed to do some really bizarre stuff on skis. But you know what? I had to practice. Let me tell you something. These 15 facets of love, you have absolutely no idea how difficult they are or how impossible it is for you to do it. It is not your nature. Try that one. Does not seek its own. Try it. Just try it one time. That's all you got to do. I ain't going to do it. It's not about me. Then I woke up. Listen, do you you know that the Bible teaches that Jesus learned obedience? That's always fascinated me. It's always fascinated me. Think about it. Where was he before? Heaven. How much obedience did he need in heaven? Nothing. I don't need to obey anybody. And look, they're lined up to obey me. So when he came down here, that was his first act of obedience. I ain't going down there. I 
that's sin. That's awful. I describe him as sheep. Go study that one. He learned obedience. It teaches you that. The gospel record said he learned obedience. The writer of Hebrews says he learned obedience. You know what that means? He had to go practice it. Guess what? You have to practice the love. Start in your homes. Start in your home. Put these 15 facets into action. You know what? And the world's going to look at us and they're going to say, wow, how they love one another. You know what happens as soon as those words are pronounced? Christ is exalted. Christ is exalted. Let us love as Christ loved. Listen, in this room today, there may be some of you who do not know how Christ loved. Today be the day. There may be some who are in this room today who know how Christ loved, but never thought about it being the norm. They never thought about it being the energy of the Spirit. And so today, let us commit to practice. Listen, you want to know victory over sin? I told you how to have victory over sin. I already told you that. How? Love. And you'll have victory over sin. Which one? All of them. Every single one of them. Listen, if you love in this, how much pride can you have? None. If you love over this, how much selfishness are you going to have? None. If you love as Christ loved, how much endurance will you have? All of it. How much peace will you have? All of it. You will overcome everything. Will you be greedy? No. How important is it? I'm going to close with this. My favorite text in all of Holy Writ. And let it be my prayer to you this day. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able... To comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth. And to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. That you be filled to the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond what we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. That is Ephesians chapter 3 verses uh, 14 through 21. For God to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you can ever imagine, there's only one way. One way. That you know that that surpasses knowledge. The love of Christ. That's it. How important is this? 
I want to see God do exceedingly abundantly beyond what I could ever think or imagine. And dudes, I have got a big imagination. And I want to see beyond that. There's only one way we're going to do that. To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And it's your responsibility now. As is mine. Father, we come before your throne. Overwhelm us with your presence. Overwhelm us with your purposes and your power. Father, uh, it is so easy for us this day and age to say this is impossible. And yet, Father, you have already told us that power has been given. Father, help us. Help us. Father, let us not fall into the Corinthian catastrophe. Let us not fall into the schisms and the divisions and the personality cults. Father, let us be overwhelmed with your presence, overwhelmed with your love. And Father, we eagerly await you to do exceedingly abundantly what we could ever think or imagine. Father, may we as all the saints know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Father, may we live there. May we breathe there. May that be that that pumps through our veins. Your love, the power of your spirit, to your glory. In Christ's name.